0: Thank you ever so much, Sam. Thank you ever so much, Malcolm. Hope you guys are all okay. Um, this message today is all about worship. It's all about living a life where you build an altar for God and you build an altar and you're constant in this worship and glorifying his name. Um, I had asked Sam to play a song for me. I don't know if Sam will be able to, to play the song. It's one of my favourite, favourite songs at the moment that is about our purpose and our our purpose in word world is to bring Jesus to this world, is to make his name and his light shine for a world that is living in so much darkness. Um, I would definitely tell you, is a song from Casting Crowns called Nobody. I will quote it a little bit later on for you as we go through this. So our series is Living on Purpose and today is Building the Altar as we talk about living a life of worship where we create an atmosphere of reverence to God you know where God shines through our lives and we can see in the Bible there are so many references of the creation you know the whole creation bringing glory to God and we are part of that creation we bring glory to God we we glorify his name we magnify his name but through the whole creation and though all creation brings glory to God by just existing, you know, by the amazing, beautiful uh, creation that God God has created, we are the only ones that get to choose to do it, to live a life that glorifies God, that live a life that exalts his name, that brings glory to him. When we look upon creation, you know, uh, being a biologist and throughout my course, everything I looked, everything I learned, I could only say, God, you are an amazing God. How you created all this. Look at the beauty of this, you know, how you created birds to fly and gave them that, you know, this whole anatomy to flies and the fishes and everything. All is amazing and all is perfect. And we are also perfect. We are created at the image of God. But once sin came into this world, it became difficult for us to live that life that glorifies God, to live in this world purpose and it must be a daily choice um malcolm said something last week and we spoke as well on that connected group about being intentional we need to be intentional about how we live our lives in purpose we need to be intentional of creating a life and living a life that glorifies god that brings jesus into this world so a couple of years ago, we went to Rock Nations with our youth at church. And I heard this story about this African-American woman. And she was struggling. She was struggling financially. Uh, and she was struggling with everything. She was struggling with food, to pay her bills and everything. And she would pray out loud to God and say, God, please help me. Please help me. God, I really need food this week. I don't have food to feed my children. And her neighbor could hear her through the thin walls. And the neighbor kept hearing, and he was starting to get a bit on his nerves. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to get food for this woman because God is clearly not answering her. She, she's praying every single day for provisions, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy her food. So he went and he bought her food, and he put on her door, and he go out, go back into his flat, and then as soon as she opens her door and she starts glorifying God, saying, glory to God, glory to God, you know, he's amazing, he's provided, he's like, no, 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 no. God hasn't provided. I provided for you. I bought it. And then she praised God and she praised God. And then we went on and she, she again is struggling financially, needing food, needing resources. And he went there again and bought food for her. And then he put on her door and he he went back to his flat, hid behind the door and said, no, I'm going to catch. She's not going to glorify God because it's not God who is giving to her. I am the one giving to her. And then she, the woman opens her door and she goes, oh, praise God, glory to God, he's provided again. He's an amazing God, he's provided me. And he's fed up with it. He comes out and he's like, no, God has not provided for you. I was the one that bought it. And she's like, no, 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 he was God. Praise God, he's providing. He's like, no, you don't understand. I keep hearing every single day you're praising God and you're worshiping God and you're asking God for things but you are still struggling. So I decided to go out there. I decided to go and buy your food. And I say, well, I did it. Not God. It's like, no, no, no. Praise God. Praise God, because he provided for me and he made the devil pay for it. That is a woman. She was intentional. She knew that she had to worship God. She knew her purpose in bringing God glory. Can we be disintentional on living our lives that honours and then glorifies our God, glorifies our Saviour. So as we go into this journey on through the Bible, we're looking into the transition between the judges and the kings, and we see Samuel being requested by the people of Israel to bring a king, to anoint a king, and, the, and God points him to Saul. If you look into studying this, this week is the book of Samuel, first Samuel, Samuel and second Samuel, that tells us the story of the kings and and how Saul and King Dave uh, came to be kings and anointing kings. And he goes and he finds Saul, God's point Saul to Samuel and he anoints us. And we see that as soon as he anoints us, Saul is filled by the spirit of God. The Bible says that his heart is changed and he starts prophesying and, and everything changes. And then it looks like, yes, that is it. That is the king that people had asked for. And I tell you all, three chapters later, then Samuel is telling Saul that he has been rejected by God. What happened? What happened in three chapters that Samuel has to tell Saul that God is looking for a man according to his own heart. I can't get through the whole story. i got so much to tell you. I'm so excited about this message, and there's so much to bring to you. So I do urge you, please read the book of Samuel, because it's amazing. Just three chapters later, God is telling, I don't want you anymore. I'm not going to have you as a king. I would give you a whole, your whole life, your whole generation in kingship, but you disobeyed me, and you're no longer going to be king. And Samuel tells, uh, so uh, on 1 Samuel uh, 13, verses 13 to 14, you have done a foolish thing, Samuel said, you have not kept the command of the the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So basically what happened, Saul was waiting for Samuel uh, to offer sacrifices before he engaged in war with the Philistines. But for him, Samuel was late and he he panicked, he panicked and he disobeyed God. He didn't wait for Samuel and he offered those sacrifices to Samuel. Um, to God. And then Samuel arrived straight in and he said, you disobeyed God. And because you haven't kept the Lord's command, he will find someone according to his own heart. And I can't help but notice when reading through Saul's story, that just after a second victory against uh, against Israel's enemies, that he builds an altar. When he was anointed, when he prophesied, he didn't build an altar to the Lord. tells me he didn't have a relationship with God to begin with. He never sought the Lord. You can see through the story that basically Saul's relationship with God is through Samuel. He doesn't have an intimate relationship with God. So he's always needing Samuel. And when Samuel dies, he goes, Saul so goes and, and tries to find a medium to get to call Samuel back from the dead. And, and that is his desperation because he didn't have and never sought a relationship with God. By himself. He never had a life that was an altar of honoring and, and reverence to God. And then we see that um, Samuel is led to Jesse's house and he finds David. And we all know the story of David, you know, how amazing feats he had. But one thing that we notice in David, that he was the least of his family. It felt like his family was ashamed of David. It didn't even want to bring him up. He was there shepherding the sheep and nobody wanted to call him. But throughout the story, we see that David already had a relationship with God. David used to have his harp and he used to sing psalms, you know, he used to sing his own songs and worship God while out with his sheep. I wonder if then uh, David was actually like sitting below underneath the sky, full of stars, and he's saying, you know, all oh, these skies contemplate your glory, God. And, and all those songs that we see today, that we read today, that that declares the. the the greatness of our God, are from those moments when David was alone, just observing, observing, you know, the wilderness around him, observing that everything was perfect in God's glory, you know. And that's what we see about David. David had a relationship to begin with. David had a relationship with God even before the oil was poured in his head to become a king. So he already established a king with a relationship with him. And I'm not saying King is per- uh, king David was perfect. He made mistakes. He made several, several mistakes. And then tells us that having the spirit of God on us will not make us perfect, but will give us the power to belong and to connect with God. And David knew that every time that he was on the wrong. He's done something wrong. His relationship with God has taught him that he could come to him and to ask for forgiveness. And then he would find a father that was forgiving, that wanted to connect with him, that wanted that relationship with him. So with David, we understand the importance of an intentional relationship with God. Wherever you are in life, whatever you have done in life, you got to create this intentional relationship with God and be And have a discipline on it because what the devil will work on you is around distraction. He will try to distract you, he will try to keep you busy. There's a lot to watch on Netflix, there's a lot to do, there's a lot of news, there's a lot of work to be done, and those distractions will keep you away from God. So, being intentional in creating a life where everything that you do, worship, and honors our king is the key. But if you are like me, I like Message that I can write down. So I hope you've got a bit of a, as I can see Malcolm's smile. So I'm assuming you've got your pen and your paper. Awesome. I'm happy to text you, to email you later the points because I have quite a few points and I will try to be quick, but I'll try to not rush through it because I don't want to keep you long. But why to live a life that brings honor to God? I have three points for that one. Okay. And I urge you to, as I Bring them on later in the week. Go through the Psalms, go through your Bible, and you're going to find way more than what I'm bringing to you because it is rich. The Word of God is absolutely rich. So, why to live a life that glorifies God? First one God is the supreme purpose of all creation. So, Revelation 1 8 says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Colossians 1.16 says, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. And that's us. We were created through Him and for Him. Amen? God, number two, God is the supreme purpose of redemption. In Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 8, Praise be to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of all the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our sins. We love God and we live a life that worships him because he is the supreme purpose of redemption. Number three, why we live a life that worships God. God is the supreme purpose of our lives. In Romans 14, 7, 8, for, no, for none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And in Colossians three seventeen, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God. The Father through Him. So those are the wise we live a life that worship God. But now I'm bringing you the house. I got 15 house for you. So get ready. How we bring glory to God in our daily lives by knowing God. By knowing God, David was a man. He knew his God. He knew his God have helped him to defeat the bear and the lion. And he knew that his God was going to help him defeat Goliath. There is a song from um, Mercy Me. I think you all heard, I Can Only Imagine. And I can't listen to that song without crying. Because he says, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart be? What will my heart be? Will I dance in your presence? Or in all of you be still? Will Will I sing in your presence? Um, sorry, I need to get the letters of the, the lyrics of that one. So yeah, uh, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence to, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? What will we do in the presence of God? I think we would do all that. But David knew God. He knew the God who saved him. He knew the God who anointed him. In Jeremiah 9, 23, it says, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things. That's what they should boast in knowing the Lord. And then David says in Psalm 84, how love is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And in verse 10, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. This is a man that knew God and knew that being the presence of the God was better than be anywhere else. Number two, Admiring the perfection of God, that's homework for you. Can you find the sounds or can you find, how many can you find that David says and and he declares the perfection of the God who he serves and the God who he brings glory to. In Revelation 15, 3 and 4, great and marvellous are your deeds, Lord Almighty, just and true are your ways, King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. For you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Admiring the perfection of God. Number three, rejoicing in the salvation that God provided. Acts 11, 18 tells us when they were talking about bringing the salvation to the Gentiles, and there was the uh, discussion between them if you know if. They should or they should not if the salvation was not. And he said, when the others heard this, they stopped objecting and became praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Are you rejoicing in the salvation that God has provided you? Number four, living in the promises of God. Lane spoke to us about living in faith in the promise about Abraham. In Romans 4, 18, 21, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and this, and in this, he brought glory to God by his faith being made stronger. He brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. Number five: submitting to God's plan. In Luke one verse four six, we see Mary receiving the message from the angel that. If she looked at the whole world context she was, she would be an outcast. She could be put to death. She would lose Joseph. But what she says, she says, my soul magnify and exalt the Lord. She just received the word that she would bear the child of God, the saviour of the world. And instead of worrying with anything else, she praised, she worshipped God. She submitted to God's plan and that's one of the house she brought. Glory to God's name, how she worshiped God with her life. Number six, admiring and valuing God's word. Psalm six, uh, 19, 7 to 11. The love of the Lord is perfect, it refreshes the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than the honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servants warned, and keeping them, there is great reward. May those words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Number seven, being light of the world. We bring uh, glory to God by being light of the world. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, so don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Being light of the world brings glory to our Father in heaven. Bearing fruit. John 15, 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Number nine, living in fellowship and love. This is what we're doing today here. With all the hiccups, with all the little annoying things, we are bringing glory to God, living in fellowship, and living in love. Romans 15, 5 and 6, now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, Grace you with unit among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with a unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number 10, through suffering for Christ. First Peter 4:16 says, But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name could bring us so many, so many examples of not only people in the Bible, but people that you know, people that I know that suffered for the name of Christ. That through trials, through tribulations, they decided to live a life and to worship the God, the the Lord, our Savior. And they are a big example on how to bring glory to God, even on the most difficult and trying moments. Uh, Number 11, contemplating God's creation. Psalms 8, 1 to 9. Oh, Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Look at this. Your glory is higher than the heavens. That is that is David there just looking at the most thing, normal things that for us we look with those eyes. of, Yeah, that's an everyday thing. But he sees the glory of God in it. And he magnifies his creator's name in it. Psalms 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. By contemplating God's creation, those everyday things that he's putting every day in front of you, you're worshipping him. You're living a life that honours him, that reverences him, that builds an altar to our God. Number 12, having a grateful heart. How difficult is nowadays to not focus on the negative? and keep your mind in the positive. And that has to be intentional. Our mind will tend to go to the negative and we need to be intentional to praise, to worship and to bring the positive in every single moment. Psalms 50, 23, the life that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace, always choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If you do this, more of my, my salvation will unfold to you. That is David understanding that a grateful heart pleases his Lord. Number 13, 13 worshipping and proclaiming God's virtue. I'm nearly there. First Peter 2, 9, amplified version. I know Malcolm loves the amplified version. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim, the excellences, the wonderful deeds and virtues of perf- and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Number fourteen: Doing all for the glory of God. In First Corinthians ten thirty one, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The simple things not only things that you think is your calling, not only when you're engaging with other people, everything that you do, you do for the glory of God. And the final one, number 15, serving God, 1 Peter 4, 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. As I'm happy to give you guys all these pointers later on because I know it was a lot. But one of the songs I mentioned to you earlier on is a song I had asked um, Sam to do. It's called Nobody. I think he's got his guitar. He's ready to go for us. And he says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. And it says in verse 2 of this song, Moses had a stage fright and David brought a rock to a sword fight. And then the Jesus picked 12 outsiders, 12 rejects, that nobody would have picked, and he changed the world. If you think for one moment that whatever your failure today is stopping you from purpose, know that God is using and he created you for the sole purpose of worshipping and bringing his glory. It doesn't matter what you have. It matters who you have with you. Amen. I think some is ready to sing for us. I hope this blessed you. I hope this really encourage you. And as I said, go through the Psalms, go to the Bible, find more of those pointers and live as I will do my best to live a life that brings honours to God, be, building every single day an altar to, to worship him.